0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 19. We're at Sinai. We've made it. We've arrived. We've gotten there. There's a lot of interesting things that I'd like to say about that. A lot of what we learn and understand about this trip to the mountain, this trip to Mount Sinai, this trip to meet God, a lot of what we learn about that is it's informed by our our watching the Ten Commandments. If you're my age or older, probably even if you're in your mid-40s and older, you remember on Sunday evenings once a year, and that's back when there were only three or four networks and there were three networks. And then there were, there was a public broadcasting channel. And for some parts of the country, you would get CNN or TBS or easy for me to say, or WGN out of Chicago. And that's just really, that's all there was. And some of the great old movies, some of the great classic movies, they would show at night Sunday night after church, and one of those movies was The Ten Commandments. And so regularly, once a year, you would watch the movie, The Ten Commandments, and obviously the pinnacle of that whole story is them getting to the wilderness and getting to Mount Sinai and meeting with God there, or at least Moses went up on the mountain, and then you had the the making of the golden calf, and then it was over. <clears throat> and really, in a lot of ways, not intentionally, but in a lot of ways, it as you thought about it, it made you think that they just showed up there for a few days and left. And the truth is that's not the case. And a lot of times in 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 time frames, it's just hard to figure that out, especially even reading the Bible. Here's what happened. They left Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. And over, a, over somewhere in between 50 and 100 days, most, most scholars think 50 days, they made it to what is what we call now Mount Sinai. So after leaving Egypt, it took them about 50 to 100 days to get to Mount Sinai. Now, in the Bible, uh, they arrive in Exodus chapter 19. And that's that's an important time. They arrive in Exodus chapter 19, and what we think is that Moses goes up on the mountain and he receives the Ten Commandments, he comes back, and they're making the golden calf, and he throws it at the golden calf, and then he, got, he has to go back up and make some more tablets. No, not really. No, not really. That's not what happened. In fact, what happens is, even in this chapter, Moses goes up the mountain and back twice, and from this point exodus leviticus into numbers through numbers chapter 10 moses goes up on the mountain eight times there's eight t- eight different events and they spend i know this is strange from your background but they spend a year under the mountain they spend a year there and during that year they do make the golden calf and all that kind of stuff happens but it doesn't happen overnight It is a process, and I think that's important for you to see that and understand that, that their understanding of God's law and God's character and nature was a year-long process, and their dive into idolatry didn't start overnight. It was a process also, and their leaving there was a process. Now, the one thing that I want you to know about, this is in the wilderness. Now, it's not in the desert. It's in the wilderness. Sinai is is a place where it's got grasslands. There's places for their animals to feed. They're not, all their animals are not dying there. It's a place, and how do we know that? We know it by the words that are used to describe it. It's called the wilderness. It's not called the desert, okay? And oftentimes, when you hear the word wilderness, you think de- desert, but wilderness is not desert. Wilderness is just a place that's not populated, okay? It's a place that's run by the animal kingdom. It's a place that, that people want to go and get away from it all. That's what a wilderness is. And there's lots of wildernesses where there's not a large population, even in the Eastern United States. And wilderness is a place where it's not populated. So when Jesus went out, he went out into the wilderness. He didn't necessarily go out into the desert, although the area where he he's at is deserty. But uh, the wilderness is a place where you would, have, if you were a shepherd, you would have brought your sheep through and allowed them to eat and feed off that area because it wouldn't have had a lot of trees, it wouldn't have a forest, uh, and so the wilderness experience is a place where you're alone, alone and separated, and that's important for new believers because when you go to the mountain... You need to be a little bit alone. You need to have that time where you, in your own heart and your mind, come to terms with who God is. And that's an experience that a lot of young believers never have. In fact, oftentimes, as far as our church as our church culture is concerned, we do a whole lot of evangelizing, but not a whole lot of discipling. In my past history, as far as denominations, I was in a denomination that really focused on every Sunday morning have an evangelistic call, but remember church is not for the lost, church is for the believers, the worship is for the believers, the church the believers are for the lost and we're we're to go out and make disciples, but while we're worshipping, we're to be discipled there that's who that's where we're at. Now, does that mean that you don't do an evangelistic call during worship? No, but there's a lot of other things that need to be going on during worship and a lot of other things that need to be going on during a sermon that are different than just than just leading up to a call to uh, to be converted and repent and turn to Jesus. There needs to be a lot of other things that are happening, and when those things are happening, generally the church is growing, maturing, and I'm not talking about just growing in numbers, the church is maturing And the church is able to really make a difference in the lives of the lost people that they know and that they're around. And those important understandings of how God works and how God operates and how the church operates is important. And for young believers, being in the wilderness is an important important step. If Jesus had to go out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, I think it is appropriate that obviously the children of Israel would spend a year there. And some people need to spend a little bit longer there just feeding off God, learning, growing and becoming. And that's what's happening when God leads them out in the wilderness. He wants to bring them to himself. He wants to he wants them to become his people and he become their God. And the way that happens is it just doesn't happen overnight. We call marriage, after someone gets married, the honeymoon period. What is the honeymoon period? It's a period where the couple is is really passionate about each other, passionate about getting to know each other, and spend a lot of time together becoming one. God wants that also with us. It says in verse 1 of chapter 19, on the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. Now, we're not quite sure where this is, by the way. There's about three or four different spots that we believe it might be. The problem with those spots is most of them we don't have total access to. The governments that are in control of them Keep, keep people from out of there so that nobody will know. There's a second reason why we don't know is because God doesn't want us going back over there like Mecca. He doesn't want us making pilgrimages to that place. Our pilgrimage that we make to God is in our heart now. It's no longer on a mountain or it's no longer in a location in the world. Although there's nothing wrong going to Israel, nothing wrong with making trips to see and to understand who God is. But our pilgrimages are not made in the physical body. Our pilgrimages are made in our hearts. It says, after they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai. And Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. So they're there. They're in they're in a desert or a wilderness place. You'll see this translated different ways as you go through Scripture. Sometimes they'll call it wilderness. Sometimes they'll call it desert. It's not the Sahara Desert where they're just a bunch of dunes, okay? It's not that. It's also not like the Great Plains in the United States where where it's just a great amount of vegetation everywhere. It's limited vegetation, but it's not no vegetation. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It's so the only way I know how to. That's where they're at. It says Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, "This is what." Now notice he's gone up the mountain the first time. Now we're gonna we're gonna talk about these things as we go through them over the next few months. But we need to see that there this experience is the initial experience of knowing God. He says then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said. This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt. Now, remember, always God reminds you of the things that you know, learned, or have experienced from him. I want you to see that. God always reminds you of the things that because he's progressing you. The only way for you to progress is that you remember where you come from and move on from there. Remember what God has done in the past and make steps forward from that location. That's the only way for you to move forward. Oftentimes, God's continually having to teach you the same lesson over and over again because you keep forgetting it. You don't walk in it enough to realize. Oh, I need to. I really need to remember. This is what God does for me. This is how God operates on my behalf. This is how God does the big stuff in my life. He He always reminds us of what he's done for us so that we can progress forward in our understanding of him and our understanding of his purpose for our lives and that and in our understanding of his kingdom it says it says you yourselves have seen what i did to egypt and i how i carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself notice this is not them wandering or walking out What God's saying is, I was carrying you. When I was growing up, another thing that was really popular when I was growing up was this poem, Footprints in the Sand. It was about walking with God and uh, realizing that uh, when we were going through the rough times, uh, there were only one set of footprints. And The person asking God, why did you leave me? He said, I didn't leave you. I was carrying you during that time period. That poem's a really good poem. It's It's a fantastic poem, but the illustration that it gives us is even more powerful and more fantastic, and that is is that God is the one who sustains us and carries us through the difficult and hard times of our lives. We don't do it. God does it through us he is the one who is the sustainer he is the one who is the provider he is the one who gives us life and purpose and hope and we need to realize that when when you have come to know christ he first came to you when you grew in your relationship with him he was the one who was teaching you when you matured and were grown In him, he was the one who was feeding you and he was the one who was making you. And he's saying this, I brought you out on eagle's wings, which means I brought you out powerfully and mightily. I delivered you out of the bondage of sin and the bondage of this world in mighty ways. And those things are important for us to remember When we're going to grow, when we're going to mature, when we're going to be discipled, we need to remember what God has done and always remember how he's moved in our lives so that we can recognize his movements as they come in the future. He says, now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be a treasured possession. Notice, you're a treasured possession to him. He says, if faith makes you powerful before him. You're already his possession. You're already bought at a price. Jesus paid for you on the cross with his own life and with his own blood, but you are a treasured possession. Notice, what what are your treasured possession? When you're obedient by faith. I need you to see that here. The thing that God wants of us is not obedience. It's obedience that is born of faith. Just obedience to some set of rules Is not what he desires. He doesn't desire that we just live by a set of rules. He desires that we live by his commandments, his direction, his character and nature by faith. By faith, meaning we trust him and that's why we do it. We don't trust him for the rule's sake. We don't trust him just because he's God. We trust him. Because we know him, because he's revealed himself to us, because we realize that who he is and what his son has done in our lives. We feel the Holy Spirit pushing us and leading us and growing us. And we trust in God because of his, because of who he is, because of his character and because of his nature. He says, then out of all the nations, you will be treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. Notice, I own it all, but you're the treasured ones. You're the ones that are important to me. You're the ones that I've given life to, eternal life to. And you're the focal point of all that I do and all that I have been doing is you. And so he says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. I think this is a powerful understanding. By the way, it's a promise of God to the Israelites. It's a promise of God to the Jews. He says, you'll be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. By the way, they did not totally fulfill that. And in the New Testament, the mystery of the Old Testament is revealed, which is the church of Jesus Christ, and, and that church becomes a kingdom of priests, meaning we have direct access to God on our own. We don't have to have other people get us there. We get there by faith in him, and we are a kingdom, a holy kingdom, and a kingdom of priests, meaning that we have direct access to him. And his promise to the Israelites is fulfilled in the church. His promise to the Israelites comes into its fullness in the New Testament church through Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean that their promise has gone away? No, no. Remember, the gifting call of God are irrevocable. That doesn't mean that they're not important to God. That doesn't mean that they're not his chosen people. That doesn't mean that they're not a holy nation. It doesn't mean any of that. But it does mean that God fulfilled this promise ultimately in the church. It is being fulfilled in, in the Jews, and God will continue to fulfill that in the Jews. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Now, notice God is telling him that he, what he is about to do for them. So he goes up the mountain. God speaks to him. Then he goes back down the mountain. Now, he's going to do this several times, like I said, over the next several chapters. He's going to go up the mountain. God's going to tell him what to do, and then the people are going to react. And how the people react is a great way for us to learn how we generally react to God when he grows us, when he matures us. This is going to be a great learning process in how young believers learn to walk with God or really sometimes fail to walk with God. And I'm praying that as we study through this, that you'll begin to see the things that have happened in your life, and that you'll notice the things that are happening in other people's lives, and that it'll be a source of understanding, a source of hope, a source of opportunity to be obedient to God by faith and to grow. And we're going to spend a lot of time on the mountain here, under the mountain of God, seeing God, realizing who He is, and growing. <laughs>